jokes every Monday.
And welcome to the Weekly Review with Roman. Today it's Friday, February 28th, 2020. Thanks so much for tuning in. Starting a little bit earlier, as in me speaking, and because I'm wanting to uh, play a bit of the music, play some more, et cetera, et cetera, and the next song is, the next couple songs will be a bit long. So I wanted just to check in, say hi, thanks so much for tuning in. We're broadcasting live from Mutiny Radio. We are in the Mission District. We're in San Francisco. We're on Ohlone land. And as I've been doing for the last few months or so, uh, wanting to provide a land acknowledgement. And there are many ways that folks can learn more about the land that we're on. Of course, I shouldn't say of course, but from my experience growing up, even in the Bay Area for most of it, um, and not really having an understanding of the land we're on and the process in which land was stolen, it's important to educate oneself and to unlearn a lot of the untruths that were in our history books and put forth through media, etc. So I want to um, recommend that folks check out the website uh, ramatush.com, and that's R-A-M-A-Y-T-U-S-H.com. And that will share some history as well as the original people of San Francisco. Also, I want to encourage folks to contribute to the Shumi land tax, and that's S-H-U-U-M-I land tax, and that's to give back to folks, especially in the East Bay. Be providing some providing. Why did I choose that music? I'm still waking up. Usually I'm a little bit more alert by now. However, just going to take it easy. It is uh, February's Black History Month, and one and it's the one of these months, as with many holidays, where I feel like it should be celebrated every day, 
it's women it's women's history month in march black history month is in february and it's these in a way I, I i feel like it should just be these things that are like constant and every day there should be an acknowledgement there should be a move to <sighs> just getting my thoughts together i hope folks understand where i'm coming from with this today i'll be playing music from john coltrane this is the lost album both directions at once which i got from the library i don't do ads on this show i mean i sometimes i recommend places that i like and etc etc however uh i don't do any paid ads a lot of i listen to do listen to a lot of shows and podcasts and oftentimes people like brought to you by x company and if i were to do a show it'd be for free and be like brought to you by the san francisco public library which i fucking love and is great <sighs> so much love to the library so get your lps of the library you can get books audiobooks dvds movies in various forms Lots of information, a big fan of librarians out there. That's my, that's the first plug of the day. So yeah, we'll be playing some songs from John Coltrane's The Lost Album. I'll be mostly, I think I'm going to play the whole album throughout the show. So please do stay tuned for that. I'm going to get some really depressing news stories together, which I know is a big, that really pulls you in to listen to the rest of the show, doesn't it? Some, there are some positive things though, like uh, a lot of folks at UC Systems are going on strike, so it started off with Santa Cruz and then people in LA and then Davis, so a lot of folks are going on strike, so that's a positive thing. There are a lot of folks organizing, as per always, so wanting to share the positive news stories too, so we remember that not all hope is lost, even though it might feel like it. I'm always speaking for myself there, however, I have a feeling that other folks might relate. So I'm going to get some news stories together, I'm going to play another John Coltrane song, and we'll be back after this. Stay tuned.
Oakland, right? They're happening all over the country all the time. I was in New York earlier this week. We actually shut down J.P. Morgan Chase's corporate headquarters on their big investors day, right? Over 200 people swarmed every door, right? Um, part of what's going on though is Chase is beginning to respond to that. And so on Tuesday, they actually release a what they're calling a climate policy which actually has some progress in it. They're actually not going to be funding Arctic oil drilling, and they're also going to stop funding uh, coal-fired power plants. And now we're seeing actions like there's... That's what that policy is. You may have heard about that in the media. What it's not is the end of our campaign. They are refusing to stop funding tar sands, right? Which is like rights, First Nations rights going on in Canada right now. They're refusing to stop the funding of pipelines, which includes companies that are building Line 3 in Michigan, the company is Enbridge, uh, Keystone XL, uh, companies like that, and they're also refusing to stop funding the build-out of fossil fuel infrastructure in general. They're currently building dozens of liquefied national gas west. Continue to fund that build-out. And so, what this means is that it's time to double down. Right? Right? And so we need to like continue to show up and just disrupt their business as usual, weekly, daily, hourly, whatever it takes, right? So as we kind of build up to April, which is going to be the climate strikes, we need to just continue to do this over and over, right? And so we're in a fight here for climate justice. We're here in a fight for our future. And so Chase thinks that we're going to go away because they've come out with some progress. Well, we're going to do that. All right, so this was a three clips of videos from this morning out at Chase Bank in Oakland where folks have been protesting and it's been happening all over the country. And you can follow some more information on Twitter. This was posted by the Anti-Police Terror Project. You can follow at, at APTP Action on Twitter, uh, hashtag Wet'suwet'enStrong, hashtag Chase. And this is, and there's the three lowdown videos that you can watch for more information. They also have other footage as well of folks gathering in front of Chase. <sighs> okay, moving along, got some news stories. I thought I would start off with something somewhat positive. And again, the positive news stories on the show are when something bad stops happening. And I'll take it. And this comes from Color of Change, and I'm on their email list. I get a lot of emails, and oftentimes I share news from them, from various groups. And a reminder that there are so many folks out there doing a lot of really important work, and it's important to share the victories that are out there. So their email states, We won. After years of fighting, hundreds of thousands of petition signatures and in-person actions, Greyhound finally agreed to no longer allow Border Patrol to indiscriminately board its buses in order to racially profile passengers without a warrant. In 2020, people shouldn't have to carry passes or quote-unquote freedom papers in order to travel without fear of arrest. Greyhound plans to formally notify the Department of Homeland Security they will no longer allow unwarranted searches on its buses or in public areas of terminals. 
Greyhound's decision to prohibit warrantless searches will make a huge impact on Black and Latinx families. By blocking Border Patrol from conducting unwarranted searches, Greyhound will be protecting thousands of Black, Latinx, and immigrant families who, thanks to the decision, will no longer have to face undue profiling and harassment from immigrant and customs enforcement agents while traveling in this country. And... They have a little bit more info here. Uh, because of your help, we've been able to stop a major enabler who's been aiding in Trump's deportation machine. But there are still many companies enabling Trump's deportation machine, including Netflix and the Boy Scouts. And I did hear recently the Boy Scouts, they were going out of business. Perhaps I, I know they apparently they have all these like lawsuits because due to like sexual misconduct and molestation and everything. And uh, they're just like filing for bank- bankruptcy. Meanwhile, the Girl Scouts are out there selling cookies and being inclusive to trans folks and just being awesome. And I'm like, yep, yep, that makes a, that's, you know. Okay, so, okay. Uh, so we must continue to hold accountable companies like Netflix, I, I was not even aware of this, whose reality shows whitewash Border Patrol's brutality and the Boy Scouts, who partners with Border Patrol to groom teenagers to become future agents. I'm glad the Boy Scouts are out of business. Gross, gross, gross. We need your support to continue these fights, and they're asking for folks to chip in. And you can also follow them online, uh, Color of Change, and they also have a link to the article as well. So, yes, go to colorofchange.org. You can find much more information, and also ways folks can uh, show up and sign petitions and spread the word, etc. So that's a good thing. I got some more positive news stories. And, again, these are, you know, I mean, I'm of the opinion that – the border patrol shouldn't exist in the first place. However, if we could at least get them out of the bus stations, uh, that's a start, right? Small steps. Another positive news story, Colorado will become the 22nd state to repeal the death penalty. So that's a good thing. Again, we shouldn't have had the death penalty to begin with, except for Nazis, but, you know, that's a that's a good thing. So good for Colorado. ACLU posted this recently. So, yeah, good for Colorado for... Uh, Repealing the death penalty. Now if we can just get uh, folks out of incarceration, that would be a good thing as well. I have another positive news story, which again kind of comes from something negative. And let's see, where was I when I was reading it? I tried to keep myself organized of all the the news stories. Today was not one of those days I, I, I prepared and also not as much as I could have. That is for sure. Okay, here we go. And this is also Washington State bans gay and trans panic defense for homicide. So that's a good thing in that uh, I'll read the story that has more information. This is from Queerty. You can find them at queerty.com. Lawmakers in Washington State have overwhelmingly passed legislation banning the so-called gay panic defense. This is when someone accused of a murder could claim the sexuality or gender identity of their victim was partly to blame for their actions. Yep. Yeah, it's still, yeah, in a lot of states, it's still a thing. Yeah, this it's a mess. <sighs> Although commonly called gay panic defense, it has been used across the LGBTQ spectrum. Washington's legislation is named after the Nikki Kuhnhausen Act. It's been named after a 17-year-old trans woman who was killed last year. The suspect in her killing has pled not guilty to charges of second-degree murder and malicious harassment with his trial set for July. He told police that when Kuhnhausen told him she was trans, it made him really uncomfortable and disturbed him. Well, he should just go to the fucking library if it disturbed him and read a fucking book. 
<sighs> Washington State Senate approved the new legislation by 46 to 3 for the three people who didn't vote for it. Uh, fuck you. Um, I guess I'm very angry today. Uh, it was approved previously in the House by 90 to 5. The legislation will now go to Governor Jay Inslee for signing. This is expected to happen in the next few weeks. Among those lobbying for the legislation in Washington was Kuhnhausen's mother, Lisa Kuhnhausen-Woods, 52, who lives in the state. Nikki Kuhnhausen was reported missing on June 10, 2019. Her body was eventually found in a forest in early December. Her mom told the Thompson Reuters Foundation, Nikki didn't deserve this. It was a hate crime. I don't feel there's any justification in the panic defense. It's not going to help Nikki's case, but it will help future families. There are other beautiful transgender children out there that need to be protected. Washington's move comes after nine other U.S. states implemented similar legislation. California, Connecticut, Hawaii, Illinois, Maine, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, and Rhode Island. And again, you can find this story at QueerTea.com. Okay, there we go. Now to some other news stories. Let's see. Do-do-do. That's a, my own music break here. Okay. Um, Pam is in the is in the, the studio, and oftentimes I do this show um, when I don't have a guest. It's just me in the studio. So it's like I have a, a an audience of, of one who's doing her do, who's doing work, and also I feel the need to like be entertaining, which is a weird mix for the show, because it's uh, like wow, people are terrible. Let's talk about it. And oh, here's another positive news story. This is from ACCE, and you can find them at Cal C A L Organize. And uh, let's, I'll read a few of their tweets. We want every struggling renter to know, do not be afraid. You do not need to give up. You do not need to accept displacement. When we organize with our neighbors and community, we can win. And from the mouth of our members, do not be afraid. Join at CalOrganize, si se puede. And, oh yeah, there's like 19 seconds of this video here. So I will share their words. And let me turn up the light. I would like to invite all our community. Que no tengan miedo. Don't be afraid. Mm. Que se unan a ACE. Join ACE. Y si se puede. Y si se puede. Si se puede. Si se puede. Si se puede. All right. And if you're interested in more information, I know I am. Let's find out why this is such good news. Let's. I'm going to move up and. Oh, yes, I started reading at the bottom of the thread. But here is the top of the thread, which puts everything into context. After months of rent striking with no response, last night, ACCE leaders on hashtag rent strike sat down with their landlord who agreed to enter formal negotiations with at Oak CLT to sell the building. The landlord finally buckled and decided to do the right thing. We are so happy. We know that it was the right thing to strike and that organizing works, says Francisco Perez. Okay, so that's the info. And again, please do follow ACCE at Cal Organize. All right, cool. Positive news stories. Who would have thought? And it, it does come from folks organizing. And speaking of organizing, I feel like this would be a good segue into the grad students and TAs at UC who are on strike. So let's see if I can find articles that have more information here and i've got some from the previous week so that's not quite so updated 
I'm going to put on some more music and I'm going to look for that news story so I can read more information in full and we'll be back after this. Stay tuned.
together to preserve and advance the foundations of civic engagement and free speech. And uh, right now, I'm playing a video that folks can hear the audio from, obviously. Yesterday, UC undergrads protested during Janet Napolitano's speech in support of hashtag COLA, which is the cost of living adjustment, at the Speech Matters Conference, powerful example of free speech in action. And want to go now to the website and read more information. And this is, if you go to um, payusmoreucsc.com, you can find uh, lots of info as well as donating if you're able to. I know there's a lot of folks uh, who need funds at the moment, so uh, just putting that out there. This is a UC-wide campaign. And so now UC at Santa Barbara grads, that's what I was thinking of, um, are on now full teaching strike. And UC Davis uh, grades are, excuse me, UC Davis grads are on a grading strike. The strike has spread um, through UC Santa Barbara, UC Davis, UCLA, UC San Diego, UC Berkeley, UC Irvine, UC Riverside, and UC Merced. There's also COLA for All hash, or slash the People's Coalition. Uh, latest from UCSC. The picket will continue every day this week, which is February 24th through the 28th from 7.30 a.m. to 5.30 p.m. at the base of campus with general assemblies at 4.30 p.m. And you can check out their Twitter and Instagram. They provide links, which you can find on that payusmoreucsc.com page for latest strike info. We need more people at the picket, especially in the morning. So Santa Cruz Metro buses and USPS deliveries continue to honor the picket. Show up. At our Doomsday General Assembly on February 21st, strikers voted overwhelmingly to continue withholding fall grades beyond Janet Napolitano's midnight deadline. Hundreds of UCSC grads have pledged to refuse spring TA appointments in the event of mass firings. We are now past the deadline. Until we hear otherwise, we hereby consider ourselves terminated. On February, February 24th, uh, Lori Kletzer released a series of clarifications on the terms of her mass firing threat. Their $2,500 program is not an offer, not a COLA. Also, Doomsday has been delayed. They will begin verifying grade submission on Thursday, February 27th. In light of yet another deadline from UC Admin, we held a radical march teach-in on Thursday at 10 a.m., taking the streets and touring sites of radical history on campus. There's also a cola game slash art jam Wednesday through Sunday if you want to make art. That's starting on Wednesday, this past Wednesday, the 26th at 5 p.m. in DARC 308, continuing in a chill fashion until Sunday, March 11th. And you can follow the cola jam Twitter thread. There's also, there was a Reddit AMA that happened on February 20th as Wildcat Strikers hosted an, an Ask Me Anything forum on Reddit to answer questions for folks, and it accumulated over a 1,000 comments, so if you'd like to learn more, that's a good place to go. Also, the Faculty Senate voted in support of COLA, and there's also links about fighting back against police brutality as the UC admins have, not admins, the they have, police are brought in to break up strikes and to pretty much be class traders. And so if there's also links here about fighting back against police brutality and they have, so if folks have been arrested or assaulted by police at the picket, they have links um, so folks can reach out for support. And also, 
it's that thing too where folks go out on strike so they can get better wages and then the college spends a lot of money paying police officers to break up the strike or threaten strikers when that money could have been just paid to the workers in the first place. Similar to the fare enforcement people on mass transit, which of course could very well be free, but people choose for it not to be. Okay, I'm not gonna end with a negative comment on it, although it's hard not to. It is hard not to. It's hard to. I don't know. It's just, uh, it's these things that are really backwards where it it shouldn't be this difficult for folks just to earn a living. So sending lots of love and solidarity out to the folks who are on strike. Moving along. And got some more news stories for folks out there listening. I had one cup of coffee this morning. I don't think it was enough. I did write some notes of things I wanted to talk about today. And it's just how with the creeping of, in of fascism and also the, there's the coronavirus, so encouraging folks to wash your hands and also just how the xenophobia comes into it. And I've heard that like there's not a lot of folks going to Chinatown and Chinese restaurants. So I would, do want to encourage folks just to do that to can, like it's a, there's so much fear mongering and, and xenophobia that goes on with these epidemics and it ends up causing so much harm. So I do want to encourage folks to, you know, take precautions and also not let that, interfere with our humanity to one another if there is humanity left in the world which i believe there is i wouldn't be here if there wasn't i would have given up a long time ago um but i hate the idea with the creeping into fascism it's this idea of the if you you know if you see something say something and the idea that if something seems out of the ordinary that somehow it's wrong when that's actually kind of brilliant and things should be celebrated when when people push back against the status quo and there are so many different ways to live and to prevent and to uh present oneself and to be in this world and we should we should encourage creativity and and just different ways of being and expressing oneself instead of this having to line up in a certain way and not question things and also i i don't talk too much about well it's a bit early for the presidential election although folks have already been talking about it and there's the dnc's doing their fucking nonsense and i hate them boo they're gross and then the republicans are terrible and the democrats are also terrible it's just like ugh. And, you know, there's, there's a front runner and then they're like, no, we can't because, and he's not even, Bernie Sanders isn't even that left in the grand scheme of things. He's just like, compared to the rest of the world, it's like, wow, yeah, he wants people to have health care and he wants people to pay their fair share of taxes to support folks who don't have the ability to. What's, somehow that's radical. Anyway, I'm going to just rant for a little bit about it. And that was, there was a quote from a while ago that he had said that, um, Fidel Castro had a, the literacy program in Cuba was really great. And then it was taken out of context and folks were like, oh my God, it was just awful. And everyone was like saying how Cuba was terrible, blah, blah, blah. Not mentioning the embargoes that the U.S. has had on it for decades. And also the fact that they're like, I, I've actually visited Cuba. I've been there in person and there are, there there are more unhoused folks within a block of where I live here in San Francisco, one of the wealthiest cities in the country, than there are like in all of Cuba, right? The folks there have housing. Yes, there is poverty. However, folks have housing. There are a lot of artists there. People have health care. Like it's, you know, and this is all with the U.S. being a total dick to, dick's not the right word. The U.S. is being terrible to Cuba and has like not allowed oh, them to just to, to be. So even with all of that, Cuba has managed to 
how is it people provide healthcare with people? We can't do that here in the United States. So for folks talking shit about Cuba, it's like, take a look in the fucking mirror. Here we have billions of dollars going to the military, which goes to cause harm abroad. And here, people don't have housing. People don't have healthcare. People can't get clean drinking water. We got fucking militarized police in schools. That's another story I was going to get to, how there have been like six-year-olds who have been arrested for like throwing a tantrum who hasn't had a tantrum when they're six years old i have a tantrum and i'm almost 40. like it's an emotion humans have emotions and there's a lot of things to be like upset about in this world and instead of bringing in police to militarize and traumatize kids we should be like hey let's listen what's going on why do you feel this way how fucking hard is that to listen to somebody oh feel a little bit better getting that out but it's just it's such it's things feel so fucking backwards it's so backwards all right oh yeah so then the coronavirus i guess just you know wash your hands and stuff and there we go that's that's i'm not a doctor though so but also you know we can wash our hands um help out one another and also just be questioning of the media and how it goes so much forward with like the fear and then also the fact that Mike Pence is in charge and he's a fucking asshole and I oh oh he when he was governor of Indiana the HIV rates went up because he doesn't believe in science yeah it's really bad and I'm also thinking about where are all the anarchists and all the folks who would do away with the people because it's not just one person you know if it was one person who was in charge who was being awful then we could take care of him and it'd be no, no issues, but it's all, it's systemic and it's the history of this country of people in positions of power causing great harm. And also someone posted recently that in Cuba, it was uh 69 fighters were the ones who kind of stopped Batista. So like it, it does take just organizing and groups of folks to come together. However, I recognize the U S is so fucking militarized though. I think people would have done, I mean, that's, when folks talk about how people protest in France so much and it's like really awesome and it just like burning cop cars and they're like fucking just amazing. And then people ask why they don't do it in the U S and I have a lot of answers. And one is that the police here are so militarized. People get shot even when they're not protesting. So it's that. And also so many folks like are unable to get in the streets. There's either accessibility issues or the folks who will get fired if they we don't have any we don't have as many worker protections as we should here so and folks are working multiple jobs people are in debt it's really detrimental people are also burnt out like i'm burnt out and i still could be doing so much more i realize that i had a dream last night that i was worn out and then i saw a protest going by and i'm like oh i should really i should really participate and there's like a lot of people there so you would think okay i can take this day off but in my dream even i'm like oh i really gotta show up that's kind of how i feel about things is that there's it's it's so but there's a movement that's happening okay i really didn't i'm going off the cuff here i'm gonna go back to reading things that have been pre-written by others and uh it's just some of my feelings and perhaps I'll rant a little bit more later, but it's it's deeply depressing, the world we're in. And also, it helps to talk about it, because if I don't talk about it, that just makes things feel worse. And I know I'm not alone in feeling like I feel. <sighs> Deep breath. Oh, well, this is a terrible story. I'll just read the headline, and then if folks want to read more, they can. This is from rawstory.com. 
Uh, oh, goodness gracious. It's, again, the creeping of fascism. This is a nightmare. Trump accused of weaponizing DOJ with new task force focused on stripping U.S. citizenship. This came out about uh, days. Uh, came out on February 27th uh, by Common Dreams. I'll... I'll, I'll read a little bit about, of it. Of all the dystopian shit, a Department of Denaturalization at Department of Justice, I don't know what kind of justice they're talking about, might take the biscuit. Rights advocates express outrage and severe concerns after the U.S. Department of Justice announced Wednesday it is creating an official task force devoted to denaturalization, the process by which the government strips citizenship from foreign-born Americans or naturalized citizens. Of all the dystopian shit, a Department of Denaturalization at DOJ might take the biscuit, tweeted activist Joel Braunold. This means immigrant Americans, such as myself, um, and this is the activist, not me, uh, ha will always have a threat to displace us if we step out of line. Trump is weaponizing the DOJ to make naturalized immigrants look like second-class citizens, said the Coalition for Humane Immigrant Rights. The Justice Department claimed they should just stop fucking calling it the, de the Justice Department because it's not fucking just. Okay. They claimed in its announcement that the motivation for the new unit stems from a desire to strip citizenship from, they call them terrorists or sex offenders, but the terrorists and the sex offenders are the people in fucking office right now. <sighs> Whose citizenship was, quote unquote, illegally procured by lying about past crimes. Uh, yeah, the fucking president... Uh, Dozens of folks have accused him of sexual assault, as well as Michael Bloomberg, too, who's also fucking running. So, like, it's them. They, oh, I can't. Okay. It's fucked up. It's a nightmare. It's fucking gross. You can read more at rawstory.com. And again, I'm not trying to depress anyone or myself here, but I think it's important to recognize what's happening so folks can organize against it. I think that's that's fair. <sighs> All right, I'm going to flip over the record. I'm going to play some music. I'm going to calm myself a little bit. And then we'll have some more news stories and talk a bit about what's happened at the radio station coming up in March. So please have a have a nice little break. Uh, have some water. Go outside if you're able to. And uh, stay tuned. We'll be back in a bit. Thank you. 
right, and welcome back. Again, we're listening to John Coltrane, and this is from Both Directions at Once, the Lost Album, which I got from the library. Yay, libraries! Love libraries! Yay! I have a... Oh, yeah. So before we go into the next story, which is positive, I do want to promote uh, the radio station here that we are broadcasting live from Mutiny Radio, formerly known as Pirate Cat. We've got shows here every day of the week, so please do check out mutinyradio.fm. Find a new show you haven't listened to before. Listen to older shows of ones that are going on. And there are some shows that are no longer here, but you can still hear the archive. That's pretty rad. Also, coming up in March is the Comedy Festival. That's right. The first week of March, there are comedians in from all over the world, I believe, coming in, doing shows. We'll have guests in on this show next Friday, so please do stay tuned for that. We also have lots of shows, so please do come by. You can get a pass for the entire festival. And, yeah, there, there's a lot going to be a lot of comedians here. So if comedy is your thing and or your friend's things, come by. Come by the show. There's also going to be a station, I mean. There's also going to be a show at El Rio. So please do get tickets. Come by. Comedy. Yay. Fun stuff. This is me promoting things. Yay. Great. Okay. And next up, we have kids saving the world. When I was younger, I was like, ugh, adults. Uh. And then now that I'm an adult, I'm like, yeah, that's that's right, adults. Uh. So, again, I think now maybe I have a better understanding of why things are so fucked up. But also, it has been a long time of folks saying, hey, listen, this is what's fucked up. This is what we need to fix. And then people not listening. I've definitely been through the, my share of that, which I talk about in therapy, of course. The, uh, oh, no, Democrats are fucking, for the most part, really bad, too. And they, like, support wars. And they've been cutting social services for decades. And people are like, no, it's okay. It's okay if they're bombing other countries. There's a D next to their name. And I know, uh, I, I get it. And also, there's just so much misinformation out there. So I don't want to... If you don't know what's what's happening and what has happened and what inspires people and how things are all worked out, then I I get it that you want to choose someone who maybe says they're going to help you. It just feels really, really frustrating. And... Again, that's the history of this country, though. It's the continuing to bang one's head against the wall, just saying things over and over again that have been said since long before we got here. And again, it's a continuation of colonization and militarization, and we're living in it. And it's one thing to look at the past, be like, oh, I wouldn't do that, or I'd stand up against that, or I'd make sure that didn't happen, or that was bad. And then it's another thing to be living in it, and I myself am culpable, I'm you know, a part of that as well, where it is easy with 2020 hindsight to say, oh, that's terrible. I would never participate in that. And then now it's happening. Now we have millions of people incarcerated. And what are we doing to stop that? Oh, okay. Well, one thing I was going to say is um, at least doing, uh, you can do jail support for folks who may be arrested and go court support, it's called. Also finding a pen pal. You can find someone who is incarcerated to connect with and write with. And Black and Pink is a great organization that matches people up with pen pals. And it's LGBTQ folks who are incarcerated. And it's really um, just beneficial to everyone to be able to communicate with folks who are incarcerated. 
And I'd love to live in a world without prisons. I think many people would. No prisons, no borders, no cops. And people are like, oh, my God, what are you going to do with the bad guys? And it's like, well, the bad guys are in charge right now. They're the ones who run the prisons. I believe in a world working toward – and, again, it's not just like you snap it and overnight. You know, it's, it's more like working towards that vision, the vision where everyone is taken care of, everyone has their basic needs met, and people are not punished so much as uh, you, you talk to someone, what's going on? How can we – how can we help each other and understand one another? And also, folks aren't doing so many terrible things to try to, and I, I think terrible judgment word, but there are certain things that folks will do to survive. And if it wasn't so hard to survive under capitalism, there, would be a, there wouldn't be the same kind of violence that we see every day. Okay, so I wanted to get to that. Okay, so that reminded me of something else. So there's a couple of news stories here. But getting back to the incarceration thing, I did want to go back to a local story. And I have retweeted this. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm not on Facebook these days. I mean, I'm on there, but I'm not on there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and um, at R-O-M-A-N-R-I-M-E-R, all one word. We need healthcare, not warfare. That's You can, like, edit your name. Like, your handle stays the same, but you can edit your name. So that's what my handle or my name, the name, the blank space where you can write anything you want. We need healthcare, not warfare. That's that's what I'm putting up there. Okay. So I've got a few. I've got a lot more news stories, actually. However, one thing I wanted to share here. I've been retweeting a lot of things. Uh, but this is a local story. And thankfully, uh, Chesa Boudin was elected for the DA here in San Francisco. And so I want to share some policy changes that they announced today from Chase's office, and this you can find this at theappeal.org. And also, if you'd like to, we had Chase on the show a few months ago um, while he was running, and you can go back and listen to that interview. I played it a few times on the show. Also, Jackie Fielder, who's running against Scott Wiener, who you should totally vote for, um, was on the show a few weeks ago. You can listen to that interview. We've played it. It's been played twice, and I'll do my best to oh, yeah, election day's coming up. I'm not going to be here again. Oh, my gosh. Jackie Fielder. Vote for Jackie Fielder. Yes. Okay. Oh, and Shahid Buttar. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Okay, we'll try to do a voting thing at the end of the show. All right. As candidate Chesa Boudin condemned gang enhancements as racist. As a candidate, Chesa Boudin condemned gang enhancements as racist. Now, as DA, he plans to significantly limit, significantly limit, I'm talking, now the coffee's kicking in, significantly limit, if not eliminate, their use. And... The title of this article, which I could have read first. Also, this comes from The Appeal and is written by Elizabeth Weil Greenberg, and it came out today. San Francisco DA to announce sweeping changes on sentencing policy and police stops. San Francisco DA Chesa Boudin will announce a new directive today that significantly restricts his office's use of sentencing enhancements like three strikes that add prison time for past convictions or alleged excuse me, I'm burping, gang affiliations. The office will also change how it handles cases that arise from certain police stops, according to another directive announced today. Under previous DAs, Boudin told the appeal sentencing enhancements would be filed as a matter of course. Under the new directive, a draft of which was reviewed by the appeal Proposition 8, Prior Strike, and STEP, STEP Act, also known as Gang Enhancements, will not be charged except in limited circumstances. Pending Sentencing enhancement charges will be dismissed according to the directive. 
The DA or his designee must approve any exceptions to the policy. This whole idea of time served is a fallacy for many people, Boudin said, and so for us to then turn around and punish people more harshly because we collectively failed to rehabilitate them because we collectively set up these roadblocks and obstacles for them is draconian. We don't need to do that in most cases. So our presumption is we will not do that. When asked why his office did not issue an outright ban, Boudin said, that's essentially what we're doing, but as with all policies, there are exceptional circumstances, and we want to leave room for those exceptions. So we're creating a presumption against using any of those enhancements, but it doesn't mean that we will never do it. About one in every four years of incarceration served by people sentenced in San Francisco between 2005 and 2017 was due to a sentencing enhancement, according to a study published in October by the Stanford Computational Policy Lab. In 1982, California voters approved Proposition 8, which mandates a five-year sentencing enhancement for each previous serious felony conviction if the current conviction is for a serious felony. More than a decade later, voters passed the Three Strikes and You're Out ballot initiative, which mandates a life sentence for anyone previously convicted of two crimes considered serious or violent. In 2012, voters approved a ban on life sentences for third strikes for minor offenses. In California, more than 45% of those serving a life sentence as a result of the three strikes law are black, according to the Three Strikes Project at Stanford Law School. An estimated 6.5% of the state's population is black, according to the U.S. Census. Wow. Gang enhancements, which lengthen a person's sentence on the basis of purported gang affiliation, are applied in a notoriously racist manner and often based on false information. In California, 92% of prisoners, more than 10,000 people with a gang enhancement who are serving time in an adult state prison are either black or Latinx as of last August, according to The Guardian. While running for DA, Boudin, a former public defender, publicly criticized gang enhancements as racist and said he would not seek them. The directive, Boudin said, is motivated by a desire to move away from failed draconian racist policies that have fueled mass incarceration and under undermined confidence in the justice system. The directive, he said, is also intended to reform a plea bargaining process that has allowed prosecutors to use sentencing enhancements as leverage. If, we're, if we've arrested the wrong person and charged them with a crime they didn't commit, we don't want to coerce a guilty plea out of them because they're scared their past will be used against them, he said. Boudin will announce a second directive today, also reviewed by the appeal, on what are known as pretextual stops, in which an officer stops someone for a minor offense or infraction, such as a traffic violation, in order to conduct an unrelated search for items like guns or drugs. According to the new policy, the DA's office will not prosecute possession of contraband cases when the contraband was collected as a result of an infraction-related stop. Where there is no other articul articulable suspicion of criminal activity, any deviations from the policy should be made in writing and require approval from a DA or a chief of the criminal division. Additionally, the ban includes cases in which a person consented to a search because of the long-standing and documented racial and ethnic disparities in law enforcement requests for consent, consent to search, according to the directive. Studies have shown that these types of stops and subsequent searches are overwhelmingly used against people of color. 
In California, black people who are stopped for traffic violations are almost three times more likely to be searched than whites, according to a report by the Racial and Identity Profiling Advisory Board, which the state legislature created. Their findings were based on a study of approximately 1.8 million traffic stops by the eight largest California law enforcement agencies that occurred between July through December 2018. Bodine's directive compares pretextual stops to, a, to the disavowed and discriminatory practice of stop and frisk, which received renewed attention after former asshole, excuse me, New York City Mayor Michael Bloomberg entered the 2020 presidential race. The DA's office, office's new policy, Boudin said, is focused on remedying a well-documented problem in San Francisco and across the country of stop-and-frisk-style policing. So again, you can find this article at theappeal.org, and it was written by Elizabeth Weil-Greenberg, and it came out on today, February 28th. And that reminds me of another story that I was going to read, uh, another from an email from APTP. I'm going to have some water first, and then I'm going to get to the next article after that about youth being awesome. Uh, I, I mean, it's important to also just read articles like this to recognize that there are folks who recognize that the systems are fucked and want to, I mean, it's important to make change from the outside, and then also folks are able to push from the inside as well, that's also really helpful. And also, yeah, voting. Shahid and Jackie, those are the two big endorsements also um, for the judges. I'll do that right now before I forget because that's something that might happen. I might forget. I forget. I'm a human being. I We make mistakes. I Also, in my dream last night before I joined the protest, I was with someone who I, I'm no longer in contact with and I don't remember what the circumstance was, but we're no longer in contact. And my dream, we had reconnected, and that felt really nice. And um, they, this person asked me what my biggest issue was. And without it, I'm like, regret. And then this person said, it comes from your respiratory system. I don't know. It's a dream. We can interpret this however we want to. And I try to be, you know, recognize that, okay, I've made mistakes in life, and also hopefully I've learned from them, and they've also made me who I am. And also there's just – it's so difficult not to look back and – think of how the, th the regrets I have mostly is, is not treating people as kindly or fairly as I could have in the moment and then that's I think yeah that's I mean I think that's it as far as things go and like I've never I've never been like oh I was too nice to that person and this doesn't go for like folks who are abusive for instance like it's it's more just the either folks you don't know or people you or one might pass on the street or you know, folks that one might be in conflict with, and I think about how we're trained. We're trained in a way to be isolationists, in a way, and to not trust, and to not allow ourselves to be vulnerable or talk about our feelings, and to lash out instead of, you know, fighting back against people in positions of power. And in a lot of ways, we're encouraged to fight amongst ourselves and to not trust one another, and to be wary of one another. When in reality, it's really. A lot of the folks who are these billionaires out there, the folks who have, who kind of, if they wanted to, they could make life easier for so many folks and still have a really high quality of life. These billionaires, they could give, they could house people, they could provide health care for people, they could provide fresh food for people, they could get people out of debt if they wanted to. 
if they wanted to. And I think because a lot of us don't have the ability or opportunity or we're unable to fight back against the folks who are the ones who are causing the most harm around the world, we end up fighting amongst ourselves. We internalize a lot of it. And it's just frustrating. Ah, That was my heart to heart with myself. Okay. Let's get to some voting. And again, I recognize that not everyone votes. Not everyone believes in it. I get that. I respect that. It's a game. Voting is a game, and not everyone plays. And I do think if you are playing, you should know what's up. And uh, just, like, push back against right wing. Push back against neoliberals because they're fucking bad, too. They really are. You know, at first they were like, oh, we got to stop Trump. Any Vote blue no matter who. And then, like, except if it's Bernie. And I'm like, wait a second. What? What? He's And it's like... He's even if you, it's just it's it, ah, it makes me lose my shit. And also just the fucking the lying about it and the you know the pushing back against it is just so disturbing. And fucking Pete Buttigieg, not a fan. I read somewhere he was quoted as saying like if the CIA, I don't know if it was like the CIA necessarily, but he was saying like if he could take a pill to make him not gay, he would take it. That kind of a thing. And it's like wow, the BAR, which is a local San Francisco gay newspaper endorsed Buttigieg and it's just so disturbing because he's just from what he's done in South Bend to just being so just against the rights of people I mean that's what it comes down to and again it's I don't necessarily believe or appreciate hierarchies and at at the same time it's really bad if you're gonna have a hierarchy at least if you're going to have people in positions of power, at least have someone who talks to people who knows what's going on. And Shahid Buttar, who I've met numerous times, as well as many folks who work for him and volunteer for him, he knows what's going on. I cannot recommend him highly enough. Jackie Fielder, also, please vote for. Those are my own personal endorsements from people I've actually met and spoken with. I know where they stand on the issues. And it's really about policy. I wish... The Paul. I mean, I wish if we're if we're gonna be voting about things, I wish folks would recognize more what people what people stand for. And maybe I'll reword that: what people believe in, and what people people's experiences have been, and just from like reaching out to people. And I don't. Okay, now I'm gonna go on my third perhaps rant of the show. And I guess I do have that space. I'm gonna give myself that space. I've said this before, and I can't help but continue to say it. Why would you want someone else to be suffering? Why wouldn't you want other people to be out of debt? Don't you want other folks to be able to take care of themselves and to have health care if they're sick to be able to stay home from work? To be able to plan for families if they want to have families? Don't you want folks to have education like and pursue a profession that they want instead of just something to pay the bills? Don't you want folks to have other people to have life, to have meaning like you want your life to have meaning? Even if you don't have kids, don't you want other people who do have kids for their kids to have a good future, to have like a earth that's inhabitable? There are so many things that we can do to make things better for everybody. And that's the thing too. It's not like, even if you're going to be like selfish about it, don't you, even if you only care about yourself, you still have to recognize there are other people in this world and don't you want them to be happy and at peace and satisfied and not angry and not scared about having to make ends meet. 
Why would anyone push back against that? <sighs> okay. So, some more endorsements here. Again, Shahid Buttar from for Congressional District Twelve. He's he will really fight for San Francisco values. I again he's just a really righteous person. He's a constitutional lawyer, he's a Muslim immigrant, he's a Stanford grad. He's also a DJ. He's been an activist for decades, he's put his body on the line for causes he believes in. He's fought for marriage equality, corporate accountability, environmental justice, reforming criminal justice system, data privacy, and so much more. Um, just And I've also, again, met him in person. I've seen him at like the against the anti-ICE protests. He's just a, he's the real deal. Please vote for Shahid. That's my endorsement. Also, Jackie Fielder for State Senate District 11. And as mentioned on the when Jackie was on the program, uh, Jackie is the co-founder of the San Francisco Public Bank Coalition, and she's worked closely uh, with other organizations to fight to get a study done on public banking, uh, a bill passed in the state, which is now working with Supervisor Fewer's office to begin building a public bank, which will help keep money in the city and actually go back to the residents of the city instead of just the folks with a lot of capital. She's a Stanford graduate. She teaches at SF State. Uh, she's a queer Native American who is involved with the Standing Rock protests, and she'll fight for social housing, California single-payer bill, rent control, California Green New Deal, and also making Muni free. That's pretty fucking awesome. So yes, vote for Jackie. Vote for Jackie Fielder for California State Senate District 11. Next up, the uh, folks for Superior Court Judge. Um, for seat one, Maria Elena Evangelista. Seat 18, Michelle Tong. Seat 21, Carolyn Gold. If you'd like to take another list, look at these lists too. Um, there's several places, um, the Pissed Off Voters, as well as the SF Bernie Kratz, um, have endorsed these folks as well. All right. Oh, my gosh. More news stories. See, now I'm waking up now that there's, you know, half an hour left of the show. I'm like, oh, yeah, there's this, and then there's this, and then there's this. Okay. I'm going to get to – so the Oakland police chief was fired, so I was going to share a bit about that. I'm still learning a bit about it. And I'm on the mailing list for APTP, and let's see here. Oh, my gosh, there's so much to share. Okay, I'm going to get to as much as I can here. And let's see. So the OPD chief has been fired, and this is from um, Kat Brooks, who um, is a really righteous activist. And please do – you can follow Kat on social media – and through APTP. So I'll read a bit about um, Kat's perspective on the firing of the Oakland police chief. And Kat says, Dear family, I've been silent up to this up until this point about the firing of Chief Ann Kirkpatrick. I refused interviews and refrained from social media until now. I had a hunch about how this would play out, but wanted to see how the community responded, how the establishment responded, how the police responded, and maybe most importantly, who would or would not be the scapegoat. The news coverage of this latest Oakland drama has been captured in sexy sound bites, courtesy of Sam Sanger, boo, Ugh. the man who Kirkpatrick has hired to spin for her and the same man who vilified the moms for housing. Singer makes his fortune 
at a as a crisis communicator supporting major corporations and now the chief in skirting responsibility. The Oakland Police Officers Association are also masters of spin. They have to be in order to defend and protect the Oakland Police Department through decades and decades of corruption and scandal. Spin and sound bites, however, do not equate to truth. As Oaklanders committed to building a just, equitable, and humane town, it is our moral imperative to search for and uplift the truth, even if we don't like all of what we find. To that end, there are several things that have played out over the last few weeks that are critical for us to unpack. One, many Oaklanders are confused about why Kirkpatrick was fired and angry that we have gone through yet one more police chief. Community members are reaching out to elected officials and commenting across social media that officer-involved shootings and violent crime are down, people aren't in the streets protesting every other week, and Oakland isn't making national news for scandal after scandal. As a result, a large swath of our community have picked up on the Oakland Police Association narrative questioning why an unelected body has the power to fire a police chief. The answer to that is over 60% of Oaklanders voted for them to have that power. They voted that way because OPD has proven year after year unable to govern uh, or course correct itself. Where this process went wrong is that our community, once again, was not engaged in the process or communicated to about why Kirkpatrick was bad for Oakland. So we have taken it upon ourselves to provide the community with some of the many evils that occurred under Kirkpatrick's leadership. Under Kirkpatrick's leadership, Oakland saw Oakland, f ooh, it's a video. So it's, <laughs> the text is moving. I was like, wait, wait, wait. The text is moving. Um, hold on. Okay. Um, all right, let's see. Can I make this? Okay, overspending, oh, it's, huh, it's like a vi, is it a video? What, it's like a, hold on. Let me get, whoop, um, hold on. Um, it keeps on moving. So, unethical reporting and investigation of allegations, which, Oh, it's just a video, and I can't get it to pause. This is, oh, no. Okay, hold on. Um, I mean, you're listening to a show, so I guess, what are you going to do, not press pause because it's just live streaming? Okay, here we go. And, okay, for those of you who have not been in the, in the weeds for the last few years, here is an abbreviated list of reasons that absolutely should be cause for termination. She promoted officers complicit in the cover-up of the rape scandal with Celeste Guap, the tragic botched way the department responded to the family of missing Jonathan Banda Bela while celebrating the locating of pets. She has allowed OPD to collaborate with the FBI on the Joint Terrorism Task Force with no signed MOU and despite the fact that Oakland is supposed to be a sanctuary city. Not only are we not out of federal oversight, we've actually gone backwards and reopened previously closed tasks. She collaborated with ICE during a raid of a West Oakland home and then lied about it. A December progress report showed that one out of five OPD officers were not turning on their body cams. Use of force incidents have increased while OPD was reporting they were down, only for us to learn that the reason they were down was that officers just weren't rep reporting them at all. She protected the officers who murdered sleeping Joshua Pollock and Marcellus Tony, whose only crime was having a mental health episode. And Kat says she could go on, but the point is this information should have been pushed out by the community group that led the charge for Kirkpatrick's termination and by the commission. As a result, we'll get to Kat's next point. The scapegoating of a black woman uh, 
Kirkpatrick, the OPOA, and through her silence, the mayor, are promoting a false narrative that the chief was fired for personal reasons because of an ongoing feud between the chief and vice chair commissioner, Janelle Harris, stating unproven allegations as fact, defaming her character and creating a narrative that one person, one black woman, who dared challenge authority is why the chief was fired. First of all, the commission is a seven-member panel, and there was a unanimous vote to fire the chief. Second of all, the OPOA claims they are upset because Kirkpatrick was fired without cause. What no one is saying is that the commission had cause, but due to the mayor's influence over the commission, they could not get the votes and so had to settle for no cause, which brings Kat to Kat's third point. Three, several organizations, including ours, APTP, have been working closely with council to rewrite the measure that created the commission so Oaklanders will get what they thought they voted for in 2016, a truly independent commission. Opponents are now latching on to the firing of the chief as proof that the commission has too much power. Nothing could be further from the truth. Since its inception, the commission has been sabotaged and hamstrung by Libby Schaff and her administration refusing to give them a budget, staff, or autonomy. Under those conditions, the commission has been forced to fight for every win. The fact that they couldn't even fire the chief with the cause they had due to mayoral influence should signal to all of us that our commission needs more power, not less. What all of this tells us is that we need to remove mayoral appointments to go to Oakland Police Commission, hire an independent inspector general, shorten the time in which OPD has to send complaints to the commission, and grant the commission access to case files and police personnel records when a community grievance has been filed. These are just some of the things that the rewritten measure will accomplish. Passing this measure in November will mean that we can truly say it is the strongest commission in the country, and once again, Oakland will be the vanguard for progressive, positive, and just change. Stay tuned. There will be plenty of organizing to do around this. So much love, Cat Brooks, APTP co-founder. So I learned a lot from reading that, and please do... Um, you can subscribe to the APTP email list. You can also follow them on Twitter as well, at APTP Action. If you go just to type in APTP online, you can find out their webpage as well. You can check out meetings and other, yeah, other actions. And I've learned so much from them. So big thank you to Kat Brooks and all the folks at APTP. Okay. Oh, my breath. Oh, wow. It's 128. Okay. I do have another story. I'm going to play, I'll play one more song. I'll sip some water, and then I want to... Oh, I do want to get to this next story. Oh, there's so much more stories. Also, I hate... Oh, it's... Of course, I, I mentioned it. If you're maybe listening for the first time, it, it is... I recognize the show. is like, all right, this is just a drop in the bucket. So maybe it's a time capsule, and perhaps MP3s will still be around in the future if the if humans are here. I don't know. Uh, this is just, of course, a, a drop in the bucket of what's happening in the world because it's, okay, things that... I have heard about, so what's made it to me that I have chosen to share, that I have the time to share, the emotional energy to repeat or share, and it, it's like it's just a, a small percentage of what's actually happening because there's so much that's happening that we don't know about, that hasn't been reported on, that I haven't heard about, and it, it's in no way to... I, I don't think this is representative. It's just like, a, you know, if you do a, do a survey maybe... I hope maybe, you know, down the line, the six years of shows so far, put them all together and maybe there'll be some kind of arc 
as to what's been going on in the world. But again, it's such a small piece. I'm one person out of billions. And this is just small pieces of information about what has happened in the world and what is happening in the world and how people are fighting back. And I, I wanted to mention what's happening in India and how there have been dozens of Muslims who have been killed. Um, there, Modi, who's like the leader in India, who's like a nationalist, a Hindu nationalist, has been encouraging folks to just enact violence. And there have been homes have been burned. People have been killed. And that's happening. It happened in New Delhi. And just wanting to, to name it. Ugh. And what can we do to stop it? So I'm going to take a bit of a music break. Drink some water. I'll come back with the next story. Stay tuned. Thank you. 
welcome back to Weekly Review. Thank you so much for tuning in. Feel free to donate. We got the station here as a GoFundMe up at mutinyradio.fm. I have a Patreon up, patreon.com forward slash weekly rev, or you can Venmo me uh, at R-O-M-A-N-R-I-M-E-R. Follow me on Twitter at R-O-M-A-N-R-I-M-E-R. I mostly share news stories like I am right now. I've got one story to end on. I've also just read that the 54 workers were fired uh, from UCSC, and the strike is continuing, so please do support the folks at UC Santa Cruz who are on strike. And for more information, I'm going to pull up this article in one moment. From the COLA Agitation Committee, you can follow at Spread the Strike. UCSC administration just officially fired 54 graduate workers. You all know what to do. Hashtag Spread the Strike at pay us more UCSC, at pay us more UCB, at COLA for all, at UCSB for COLA. These are a number of groups that folks can follow regardless of where you are in California. And again, sending out lots of love and solidarity to the folks who are on strike, folks who have been fired. And I got one more news story, which I said I was going to read about young folks uh, inspiring us older folks. And I know I'm middle-aged, I guess, is what I am now. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Who knows how long we got on this planet. Okay. This is from It's Going Down, which is an anarchist news site. I recommend folks check it out. It's always great to have a variety of opinions and also just like the news stories that they get that corporate media either doesn't cover or really has a really biased view of. I've learned a lot from It's Going Down. So please do check out itsgoingdown.org. They also have a, a podcast as well. This came out today, Mexico City. High school students take over school, clash with police, declare indefinite strike. That's pretty badass. And yes, this came out today. There's a couple of photos. On Wednesday, students at the, oh my gosh, I'm gonna try to pronounce this correctly. Um, Azcapo, oh gosh, I feel like such a fucking idiot. Azcapotzalco campus of the College of Sciences and Humanities, CCH, in Mexico City, a high school system affiliated with the National Autonomous University of Mexico, took over the school grounds and declared an indefinite strike in response to patriarchal violence, administration attacks, and misuse the misuse of funds. A little bit more. There's a tweet. High school students at CCH Azcapotzalco in Mexico City <laughs> take over school, declare indefinite strike and protest of patriarchal violence and attacks from administration. And that was from at, that was Scott Campbell at Incandes, Incandescenito, which is I-N-C-A-N-D-E-S-C-E-I-N-T-O. Perhaps I'll just uh, read the words there. Okay, uh, this action follows a previous strike that began on Monday, which was called after a knife attack against a female student by two men. In an attempt to end that strike, CCH staff and teachers, accompanied by police, violently forced all students off campus early on Wednesday morning. A few hours later, a group led by women students gathered to retake the school. Clashes between school employees who had barricaded themselves inside and students ensued. News reports note that the students were dressed in black with hoods, set fires, and blocked streets. 14 people were injured, and by 1 p.m., the students had succeeded in entering the school and removing the staff. After regaining control of the campus, the organizing of CH Azcapotzalco 
declared an indefinite strike and established a youth security committee, awesome, to guard access to the campus. On Thursday, clashes occurred between students and police at Prepa 5, or Prepa 5, uh, National High School Number 5 in Mexico City, also affiliated with UNAM. Students had previously shut the, sis the school down from February 4th to the 22nd in protest with femicides and patriarchal violence within UNAM. The school administration called in the police to prevent the students from retaking the school. According to reports, parents opposed to the, the students' actions joined the police line. Ugh. Clashes lasted throughout the day, with some students succeeding in making it inside. In response, the rector of UNAM ordered the school evacuated and closed to prevent it from being taken by students. Rather than addressing the rampant sexual violence occurring across the institution, taking action against the sexual predators and its employee, or investigating findings of corruption, UNAM has instead stated it will hand its students over to the police for participating in the strike action. Oof. Well, bravo to the students for taking action. I'm going to finish up with uh, the last track here that I've been playing in the background. Again, this is John Coltrane's Both Directions at Once, the Lost Album. Excuse me. Um, please do get tickets to the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. Support the station, mutinyradio.fm. Hope you have a great week, everyone, and we'll be back next week.
your boy CFO here here to let you know that the fifth annual mutiny radio comedy festival is March 1st through 7th 2020 with special podcasts and comedy shows 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. all week get your tickets now on Eventbrite just search mutiny radio and get ready for 76 comics from all over the U.S. coming for 66 programs in seven days all here at 2781 21st Street in the heart of the mission or if you can't be with us, listen live or podcast from anywhere in the world at www.mutinyradio.fm. Join us March 1st to 7th for these amazing events. What kind of a future? Law Tigers, we fight for motorcyclists. We're not just motorcycle lawyers, we're part of the riding community. Law Tigers watches over riders. If you're injured in a motorcycle accident, we'll help you get your motorcycle repaired or replaced and assist you with your damaged gear, too. We're by your side every step of the way. With the Law Tigers, you never ride alone. If you're injured in a motorcycle accident, call 1-800-LAW-TIGERS or visit us on the web at lawtigers.com. The Law Tigers, California's motorcycle lawyer. Victor Davis, Harris Law Firm, LLP, 180 Carmack Circle, Suite 300, Sacramento, California, 1969 gold Cadillac with the white material. I drove it up here. And I started to do some thinking. I was around in it on the freeway. I'm having a really, really good time. Flat black glass. Smoking big spliffs and cruising.
I'm Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on MutinyRadio.fm for... Let's watch a full-length movie on... YouTube. We watch the best movies that... Uh, aren't they good? Well, they're chosen by uh, Here's you. his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch What's happening? This is your boy, Rob Edwards. I'm here to tell you about the fifth annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. It's March 1st through the 7th, 2020, with special podcasts and comedy shows 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. all week long. Get your tickets on Eventbrite. Just search Mutiny Radio and get ready for 76 comments from all over the U.S. Coming for 66 programs in seven days, all here at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission, or listen live or podcast from anywhere in the world at Mutiny Radio. FM. Join us March 1st through the 7th for these amazing events. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be like in front of an audience, like other than like squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Well, shoot. From time to time, I've given it a thought or two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's joke workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! <laughs> Hungry for a burger? Mutiny Radio thinks you'll find the best burger in San Francisco at Counter Offer, located inside Bender's Bar and Grill. Counter Offer's menu aims to please your drunk face. Tater tots are served daily. On Tuesday nights, Counter Offer serves specials off the Taco Bell menu, only better. You can enjoy your favorite Taco Bell item without the guilt. Counter Offer uses only fresh ingredients and never store-bought shit. Special ingredients are made from scratch daily, including beans, ketchup, mustard, habanero sauce, and ranch dressing. Counter Offer even serves vegan mac and cheese. All of this great food is served 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. daily and until 11 p.m. on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Counter Offer is located inside Bender's Bar and Grill at 806 South Van S. Be sure to tell them Mutiny sent you. Counter Offer, baby. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a pattern? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. 
They've got live comedy to small business advice. LGBTQ-friendly to sports. Vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-face McRat. <laughs> Subliminal SF Visual and Auditory Mind Control brings you the best, coolest t-shirt and hoodie designs and mind-bending local bands and shows at venues all over San Francisco and the Bay Area. Subliminal SF is here to destroy your sense of normalcy and plant ideas in your skull to make you cooler and a more awesome person. Check out all the badass products at subliminalsf.myshopify.com. That's subliminalsf.myshopify.com. And experience Subliminal SF. Tired of paying too much for your internet? Contracts and hidden fees got you down? Tired of supporting the same big cable companies that lobby against a free and open internet? Get Monkey Brains! <laughs> Monkey Brains is a local internet provider who doesn't sell your data, bind you down with contracts, or trick you with hidden monthly fees. We're honest, local, 